Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, we are on episode 70. Our guest today is going to be Mike Malatesta. Mike, welcome to the show. John, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I always start off the show with like a brief bio of what, what are you doing today? How you got there? You know, just sort of like from basically beginning to today. Uh, beginning to today. Well, um, Boy, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, John. Um, I wasn't at the beginning, but when the, when I was about four years old, I think that's when the entrepreneurial seed got planted inside of me. Uh, sitting on the curb outside of my parents' house, we lived across the street from a construction company, and I just became enamored with the trucks and the activity and the smell and the noise and the dust and all of those things. And I uh, just loved trucks from the time I was four years old, and I... Um, you know, I went to school and everything, and I kind of just forgot about all that stuff and until I got to college. And then I started um, driving trucks during the summer. I got a job driving a garbage truck uh, when I was a junior, John, and I, I just kind of fell in love with the waste business. And it kind of brought back this this love of trucks and being an entrepreneur that was, that was like I said, planted in me when I was four. And um, I joined a big waste company and I was a management trainee and I was moving around and I was with them for about five years and I got fired and I, uh, you know, was living in a strange place. Wisconsin, I told you I'm, I live in Wisconsin. I, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, uh, at the U S and, um, yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself and I was distraught and I was embarrassed and I was all of these things that, that happen to some people when they get fired from a job. And I, you know, a, a friend of mine who I'd worked with a little bit, um, and probably one of the few people that I knew sort of, um, said, Hey, you know, if you want to start a business, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to be involved in it with you. And I thought, you know, one, I, that that message gave me a lot of confidence at a time where I didn't have much. But what it really did is it sort of germinated that seed that had been planted in me when I was four and, you know, had just been dormant for, for all these years. And um, so we started a waste company, uh, 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 a trucking company, really, John, uh, handling, you know, we, we didn't deal with trash. We dealt with everything from uh, factories like wastewater and sludge and all that kind of stuff that that probably nobody cares that much about but we were able to um grow that business into a, a fairly sizable enterprise um through a lot of hard work and a lot of luck and surrounding ourselves with a lot of really fantastic people and um yeah i spent 22 years doing that and i sold that business to uh, to a publicly traded company in 2015 and then uh, a few years later i started another one uh, similar and, um, sold that this year, just a month or so ago. And along the way, I, I picked up, um, my own podcast, uh, which is called how did happen. And I've been doing that for about three years. I just, just published, uh, you know, our, the 200th episode. So congratulations on this being number 70 for you. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a fun journey. At least I hope yours is a fun journey. It's been a fun journey for mine. So my podcast uh, has been amazing for me because it's allowed me to, one, meet just so many tremendous, great people, learn their stories, but more than that, share stories of success that inspire and activate greatness in people. And along the way, 
uh, in the last uh, year and a half or so, I wrote my first book, which is called Owner Shift. And uh, that's coming out November 30th of, uh, of 2021. So that's what I've been doing most of, uh, most of my career, John. Well, that's exciting. I mean, especially the book. Yeah. It's, yeah. Thank you. Um, Cause it's been a goal of mine for, have you written a book, John? No, but it's on okay. my to-do list. Um, I originally wanted to start five years ago. Then I got distracted, but yeah. usual, right? So, but yeah, no, definitely. It's one of my uh, goals. I, I'm fascinated with them. I'm, I'm an avid reader and okay. um, yeah, like I, I just, I love it. Yeah. Well, you sound like me, you know, uh, first of all, you, you want to do it, right? Everybody should write a book, I think, because everybody's got a great story to tell. It doesn't matter where you are in your life or what you've done. There's something about you that's sort of, that's very unique and and interesting to other people. So I encourage everybody to do it. But like you mentioned, sort of, you've been wanting to do it for five years. I was like 10 or 12 years. <laughs> and I kind of started and stopped and started and stopped. And I never really made it serious. I just collected things that I wrote. Well, for and, me, the reason it was only like five years ago, it's sort of like five years, like it's sort of when I built up the, um, the courage in a sense, right? Because I grew oh, up okay. thinking, uh, I, I can't write a book. I mean, first of all, I, I write exactly the way I speak. So when I'm speaking, it doesn't sound bad, but when you put it on paper, it's grammatically incorrect, right? So I figure writing is not my forte. Yeah. So I always thought, you know, I just, you know, always that sense of doubt. Yeah, right sure. Now, I built up the confidence over the years and and stuff like that. Now there's other other opportunities as well, such as ghostwriters. Right? Yeah, so there, great point. And I'll just put a put a little uh, accent on top of that. One, um, your voice is exactly what people want to he- want to hear. So don't worry about that at all. And number two is you can always find someone who can clean up whatever it is that you, um, that you write to make it, to not take your voice out of it, but to make it, you know, maybe more grammatically correct or more readable or whatever. So there's always someone out there that you can pay to help you with the things that, you know, you, you, you struggle with, or you don't feel you're uh, good enough at. So the reason I'm saying that is because that's what I did for so many years when I was, when I was thinking about writing the book, it was like, I have to do it all from beginning to end. And if it's not perfect, I'm not going to be happy with it. And that's very limited thinking, very limited thinking. So, um, so I, I hired a company to help me put structure around the book writing process. So I, I wrote the book, but they, they gave me the playbook, John, right? They gave me the playbook. Uh-huh. I followed the playbook. Yeah, see that. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's yeah. it's one of those things that I mean, like it's great. I mean, and I, and I think, like I agree with you. Everyone should write a book. Um, but you know, I mean, should, well, maybe not everyone should, but everyone who has desire to should. Yeah, good. Po- yeah, good clarification. Yeah, I'm not telling you to write a book. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, what was your inspiration? Like, what what was your why for the book? Well. I mean, that took a while to figure out too, because when you start, you're kind of like, oh, here's what I want to write. And then you're, that you're, 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 you're sort of like, okay, why is that going to be, you know, valuable to anybody? So ultimately I, I, I decided that the why, my why for this book was I've been around entrepreneurs for most of my life. 
I love entrepreneurs. I love supporting entrepreneurs, but I also know how difficult it can sometimes be to be an entrepreneur. And it's not just the hard work and those things. It's also the mindset. You, um, uh, We tend, uh, not all of us, but we tend to um, you know, get going and there's, you know, there's a lot of excitement around it. And then as we, as we make more and more progress, we hire more people, we get bigger, the, we let a lot of things, well, a lot more things need to be done. And, and some of us like me, we take on those things and all of a sudden you're down the road, whether it's five years, six years, 10 years, you're down the road and you're like, this isn't fun. This is not fun anymore. This is not what I signed up for. So I started thinking about that with my own experience, John. And I, 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 I broke it, broke my experience, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs' experience into 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 four stages. The first one is the dream stage. You know, that's the kid on the, on the curb, you know, watching the trucks and being like, "Wow, this is amazing." And then it's like getting the business off the ground, right? You write a business plan and you get funding, and you're like, "This is going to be awesome." get your first customer, cash your first check, you know, all of those things. I call that the dream phase. And that's something that, um, you know, attracts everybody to it. Right. And then there's this second phase and that's the grind phase. And the grind phase is where you, you know, like I was describing all these things kind of, you know, have to be done. And some of us aren't smart enough to figure out, like you said, you know, get somebody else to help you with the editing or whatever. I, I was one of those people who was like, I just work harder. I'm just going to work longer. I'm, I'm going to get smarter. I'm going to do all those things. And then there's the break phase. And, and a lot of us, I, you know, I've, I had, this happened to me about 10 years in, um, I, I just broke and I don't mean I broke physically. I just broke to the point where I was really questioning what I was doing, whether I was good enough, why I felt the way I did and all of these why, 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 why things that I didn't have answers to. And I think so many of us get into that stage in particular. And instead of us figuring out, okay, I, the reality is I designed a system that put me here. Now I can try to blame other people for it. I can try to make excuses, but Pretty much, I designed a system to get me here. So, if I designed a system that gets me here, got me here, can I design a system that gets me somewhere else? Which is the fourth stage, which is breakthrough. So I think a lot of us get stuck in the break, and we want to stay there, and yeah. we don't think about breakthrough anymore. And so, that's kind of my why for writing the book. I want people to understand that I believe that entrepreneurs need to go big. And I don't mean big in money or whatever. I mean as big as you can go from a capability standpoint, because that's what keeps you engaged in the game. Um, as soon as you start to, to go small, this is just my belief system. As soon as you start to go small, everything around you gets small. And when everything around you gets small, you get pretty uninteresting and uh, you're wasting. You, you know, you're, you're wasting. Entrepreneurism is about freedom and you don't have freedom when you think small. So that's, a, that's, that's my, my why is those four stages. And I want to help people get to that last stage, that breakthrough stage, that go big stage. Absolutely. Now, here's what I've discovered. And this is my opinion. Correct me yeah. if you think of it the same way. Because I was listening to your stages there. Now, I think number one and number four are the most exciting. 
I think number two is the hardest. Yeah. And what I mean by the hardest, I don't mean mentally. I mean, it's the hardest to get to a level, like to, to achieve, because you're always on the grind. You're always on the go. And I think that's where you develop those doubts. And basically, when you get to step three, that's when you decide that whether you're done because you feel defeated at that point or whether you're going to push through. Yeah, I do agree with you, John. Um, and and sometimes you need help, you know, decide, you know, making that decision uh, or showing you a, a, a way. You know, when I was in break, I call it the I call it being dropped into the valley of uncertainty. So I, I, I look at it like this big crevice, crevice, you know, this big hole that I fell into. And I was kind of like, uh, boy, I hope someone comes along and reaches down in here in here with a giant hand and grabs me and pulls me out of here and shows me, you know, where to go. And of course that, that doesn't happen. You know, you have to, you have to look for, you know, those people, they just don't, don't, um, you know, don't come to you. But, but more, I think on a bigger, on a bigger stage, it's like those two phases, how do you avoid them? You know, how do you keep the dream going? You know, it's just sort of dream breakthrough, dream breakthrough, dream breakthrough. How do you do that? Um, I don't think, I can, sorry, I was going to say, I don't think that's actually possible. Yeah, I think okay. you have to go through the other phases in order to get to that bigger stage. I think you need it. I, yeah. I think it's one of those things that if everything was easy and, and it's just you go dream breakthrough, then I don't think you're going to reach your potential. I think a lot of the reasons we feel the other stuff is because we're going for so much because we want to achieve more than just the basic blah. So yeah. we end up pushing ourselves to a point where we feel stressed, we feel choked, we feel alone, right? We feel the other things that other people generally don't feel, uh, you know, working the nine to five. And, you know, it's those things that we do that sometimes I've always thought it's maybe I'm nuts. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but hey, you know what? You can only get your dream by becoming uncomfortable. I mean, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that's definitely been my experience. I, I have not figured out how to do dream breakthrough. You know, I would love to do it. And I think there's probably, there, maybe there's a way for the, maybe there's a way with everything I've learned and everything that's out there, maybe. But um, it sure didn't, it sure wasn't the path that I, that I took. And, and I'm glad I took the path that I did, John, because right. I think that's the path most people take. And I think I, you know, I think the book can help people. I think I can help people that, you know, are going through that kind of a journey, especially when they get into, you know, stage two and three, for sure. And I can show them stage four. That's easy. Once your mindset is, is open to stage four. Absolutely. Like, one, you know, the whole point of the, of this is the process and the journey. Like, let's be yeah. honest, if everybody wanted to go from beginning to end, now that would be um, A, you'd miss the biggest portion of everything. And B, let's let's face it, as human beings, where does our end? Mm. It's death. Right? That's not fun. And when you're born, you're born, but there's really nobody remembers being zero to four. Right? right? Like you kind of start remembering when you get to four or five, six. That's when you start getting memories and stuff right so yeah, you don't true. remember your beginning and you and your end is not really all that fun so where's the fun it's the journey in between yeah good point right the excitement comes from finding that problem getting stuck and getting the resolution 
Yeah, I agree. And and I think um what do you think about the word the the term pivot, John? Are you a fan of pivot? Like when you hear people say, Oh, this business pivoted to this or they pivoted to that. Do you like that or you know what? I pre-COVID, I would have never thought anything of it. But since COVID, I think that's become a uh, term that everyone just exaggerates to use it as an excuse to do something. It's sort of yeah. like the word hustle. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't know. I grew up, and let's be honest, I grew up in an era where somebody told me that they were hustling and meant they were scamming. It was bad. Yeah. Right now, today, you're using hustle as if it's a pride of joy. Like, they're like, it's like instead of saying working hard, because I guess that's not cool, you have to say, I'm hustling. Yeah. And you're right. There is an element to the word hustle that's not positive. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that it's, somebody popular used it. Now everyone's repeating it. So now everywhere you go, everyone's pivoting. Yeah. You know so I, mean? I use, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I, use, I, I use the term shift which is why my book Much is better. learner shift because and if, even if on the on the cover you can see that the word shift is shifted almost as if it's being pulled you know in a different direction because um that's what i think most people do they shift right you get and they don't always shift intentionally like they don't always shift because they want to i, I guess is more what i mean you know like i didn't want to shift when I knew I was in pain, I still didn't want to shift because I was more comfortable with the pain than I was uh, excited about the uncomfortableness of the shift. You know, like you said, you know, we got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So I, I like the term shift for it because pivot is like a circle to me, like a pivot in basketball or whatever. It's like a fixed point and you're circling around it, but that, I don't know how that gets me anywhere, but shifting actually moves me from one place you know, to another. So that's kind of how I think about it. Absolutely agree with you there. I mean, like 100%. Uh, again, like, I mean, I'm not a fan of buzzwords, as, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, but shift is a much better description. And it's reality. Like every day, you're doing something different than you did yesterday. Right. Not necessarily a bad way. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. And in order to grow, you got to shift. If you do the same thing over and over and over and over, and expect different results. That's the definition of an insanity. Yes. That's right. Einstein, right? Yes. And at the same time, if you do the exact same thing you did yesterday, you're going to get the exact same results or worse. John, I did that so many times in my career. I think that, that, in fact, I have that line in the book. So good for you. Um, yeah. It's just like, well, like I said, you know, I, well, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work longer. I'm going to work smarter. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do all these things. And um, really, I'm just doing the same things that got me here. <laughs> I'm just going to do more of it and think, yeah, okay, that's going to work. And it, and yeah, it doesn't, it usually doesn't work. No. I mean, but then you find ways to do it and you're growing and you become a better version of yourself. Right. Right. Like yeah. even my past business, I had a uh, print and marketing business. I was doing 10, no, eight figures. I keep saying 10 figures. I mean, eight figures a yeah. year. And I thought I'm age 29, age 30. I said, I'll never work a day in my life again. I'll hire enough people. They'll run the business. And that's it. I'm done. I, if I if I can learn to save a couple of years of this income, I'll never have to work again. Right? Had that yeah. attitude. But obviously, clearly, that's not the way it worked out. What happened? Um, now, one is I was a big spender and... For example, a lot of times if I told you I went out and I spent 500 bucks in two hours, most people get phased by that. For me, back in those days, that would have been savings mm. um, because I usually spent a lot more. 
So it's one of those things that I lost the, somewhere along the line. I became big headed and I lost the value of a dollar. So I wanted something. I just went out to buy it. And uh, if I haven't collected enough money at that moment, I figured out a different way to pay for it. Okay. Um, I was, it was the bonus was I did it without credit. I didn't have any credit cards, any credit and lines of credit. I had no credit whatsoever. So I had, everything I did, I did it in cash. And I don't mean physical cash. I mean, it could have been debit card check, whatever. But the point is I paid it with money I had. But the point is that, I mean, I got into really ridiculous stuff like the casinos. I go in there and spend $500 a hand. I mean, you can imagine at $500 a hand, all it took me is 15 minutes to say, I'm out of here. Right. So you can imagine how much money went in. Now, don't get me wrong. I like blackjack. I'm very good at. But like anything, if you keep playing it and playing it and playing it and playing it, at some point in time, the uh, the house always wins. Always. Right. So there's times I walked away positive two, three thousand bucks. But mark my words, I go back the next time and, and I'd put back the three thousand plus another three. Right. So and again, I had a blast. You know what I mean? Like, you know, growing up, we always have goals. Right, like I always write out the things you want, and you sure. know, I, I wrote out my top 100, and I achieved 98 out of the 100. Top 100 goals, and you achieved 98 out of 100. That's right. The only two things I never did that I wrote down was get married and have kids. Okay. Everything else I've done, I've had all the fancy cars, every fancy label. I've had, you know, I've pretty much done gone everywhere I wanted to go. I mean, I got new goals now as you get older because you're dead if you don't have new goals, but. For, for all my goals growing up, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. When I'm, I'm going to get this, I've done it all. Like that, like all my young, you know, teenager goals that growing up, and I've done all those stuff. I mean, can't say I didn't live life, right? Because I definitely did, and I'm proud of it. Would I have changed things? I might have eased back a bit, because I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell you one lesson I learned out of this, like one big lesson, because I was so busy working or hustling, if you want to use that term, that I missed out on a lot of things that my colleagues and friends did. Like, for example, I, I started being entrepreneurial when I was 15 years old. So while everyone else went, um, just say they want to go up north, the party, uh, March break, you know, vacation, whatever, I would be working. I got into the nightclub business. So, you know, weekends and evenings, that's when everybody was uh, working, sure. including me. So what happens? I'm always working, working. I'm missing out on everywhere, everything. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, when I'm older, I missed out on everything. I'm 25 years old. I didn't do anything all my colleagues do. They have all the stories. Well, now I build this business that's doing mm-hmm. ridiculous money. Catch up and time. I catch up time. So they yeah. went out and they used to brag, oh, I went out for the weekend, spent 100 bucks. All right, I'm going to go out for the weekend. I'm going to spend 500 bucks each day. Right. So you go out there and you think you're having more fun. You're coming back more drunk. You're coming back with more of everything. And where I've learned is you can't catch up. If you missed it, stop going in the past, trying to make up for it. You will never do it. Live for today. And on top of that, the guy who spent a hundred dollars is going to enjoy it more than he spent $500 because doing more of the same thing doesn't make it more fun. Hmm. So and what, be- and what happened to the business then? Oh, I sold it. Okay. I sold it. And then, um, unfortunately, the person who bought it, um, you know, it went under for them. Oh, okay. Um, but it has nothing to do with the business and it had nothing to do with them. Uh, they were, they purchased multiple things at one time and they overextended themselves. 
I see. Okay. But, you know, to each their own. I got paid. I got out. Right. And on top of that, the industry changed. Right. The, the, the big fundamental part of my income at the time was printing. And well, in 2021, how much printing is there? Right. In comparison. Yeah. Tough so. industry. Tough, tough, tough industry. If you don't reinvent. Right. Exactly. You don't shift. Absolutely. And uh, and go that, that, that's another point of what we we're talking about shifting. Right. Yeah, Had I still been in that business and I tried to still print and, and as my only business, as an example, or the predominant part of my business. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, uh, that's a uh, recipe for grind at the highest level. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. So anyways, I mean, it was a great experience. I don't take back anything I did. Of course. I had a great life that way. I'm very proud of it. Um, again, I would have just probably, if I learned the lesson that I have now, I would have done the same things, uh, just at a lower level. Got it. Well, like you said, you know, you can't change anything. So everything that you've done makes you who you are today. 100%. Right? So, um, there's no regret in that. It's just no. like, oh, this is who I am. So who do I now? I've got all that experience. Now, who do I want to be? I'm going to rely on everything I've got so far to get me to, to, you know, as, as fuel, right. To get me where I want to be from, from here on out. No, exactly. And again, I thrive uh, on the journey. I absolutely love it. Now, sometimes, you know, like every entrepreneur, you wake up going, why me? Sometimes you mm -hmm. want to curl up in a ball, right? Sometimes you think about it saying, should I get the nine to five? But then, you know, you come around, true entrepreneurs come around and they keep pushing. The only difference between the person who wants the nine to five and the person who is an entrepreneur is the entrepreneur will do the scary thing anyways. Yeah. I like to think of it. And I don't know if, you know, this is just a, my own sort of thinking, but I like to think that the difference is in most cases that the entrepreneurs are the 5% who will do what the 95% won't. Exactly. They're not any different than the other 95%, but they'll do what the others won't do. And that's it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, what are you up to now exactly? Like, what what, what does your day look like? Well, uh, i i do I do a couple of things now. I advise the <clears throat> the company that bought my company, so that's a that's a limited role. I do podcasting. Uh, you know, so i i uh, I publish two two episodes a week on that. Of course, I'm promoting the book right now. And the other thing I do is I I um, I'm a very active um, uh, investor in entrepreneurial uh, companies. So um, startup companies, I do a lot with startup companies, John. Uh, I probably have, I don't know, 75 or 80 startup companies that I'm involved with on some level. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a controlling shareholder or anything like that. I do a lot of investing in private equity and, and venture capital and and other things. And then, um, you know, I'm always, uh, looking for, um, you know, business opportunities for myself, uh, as well. So, you know, I'm just kind of coming off this last one and, you know, just kind of doing the book and, and, the and the podcast and, and supporting, uh, with my investing and then, you know, on the lookout for, you know, what's next. Right. Makes sense. Now, in terms of investing, do you strictly invest in uh, real estate or do you have uh, more of a diverse portfolio? Not in real yeah. estate, in businesses, I meant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, 
Huh. Yeah, I'd say it's probably, uh, yeah, it's very, very highly, uh, very highly weighted towards businesses. I, I'm not, um, I'm not a huge individual real estate investor. I've, I mean, I own two properties now and I've owned several in the past, but it's not something that I, that I feel like I'm expert in John and I haven't spent a ton of time on it, but I have, um, through funds and stuff, I invest in, you know, hotels and apartment complexes and opportunity zones and some other things. So the way I look at real estate and, you know, it's, it's not my area of expertise, but I want to be involved in it, but I can't, I can't, I can't do it myself. I don't want to do it myself. I want to rely on other experts who, um, know what they're doing and I can, you know, support that and come along for the, um, for the ride and the diversification. Absolutely. I could think that's actually the better way to invest. I don't like myself. A lot of times people say, Oh, I have a, I invested in my own home. The home you live in is not an investment. That's an expense, right? Mm -hmm. An investment has a potential return where you're living is only bringing you expenses. I mean, okay, you're going to say when I sell it, I'll get more. So I got to return then. Right. But then where are you going to move to? Right. Right. So you're going to spend more. You got more for the house you live in, but you're going to spend more to buy the one you're moving to either way. (laughs) Right. So I don't believe the home you live in is an investment. It's an asset. I will give that, but it's not an investment. And a lot of people misunderstand that. Now, going into investments, I don't particularly like single doors. Now, my Mm. attitude is that if your choice is to wait and not invest, or invest today, but you have to invest in a uh, single family home, then invest in a single family home or a condo or a town, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just get into the market. But if you have the ability to go into multiplexes or even, even if it's through a joint venture, and I think through the joint venture might actually be better because you can go bigger. Right. Right. And there's less risk when it's bigger. I mean, it sounds, you know, like for example, a, $20 $20 million apartment dollar apartment building is going to be a lot less riskier than just a, a $1 million uh, bungalow that has uh, two floors. Because at most with the bungalows, you're going to get two rents. When you're at a $20 million apartment building, it's probably going to be about 320 units. For you to get into trouble, all 320 units would have to stop paying. Mm. So the odds are very minimal. Right where the, you know, you got to stop collecting rent from, from your home, from the house, then you're pretty much, you're on the hook. And if you can't do your own plus that game over. Plus you have professional management and all of those things you have, you have, you have, uh, you know, leverage over contractors and other types of services that you buy, right? You got all kinds of advantages, the bigger you are. And that's exactly where I was going with it, right? Like uh, chances are you're not going to get a property manager for a rent one rental unit. Yeah. But for 320 rental units, you're going to focus on what you do best, which is your business. And your property manager is going to be on top of that unit. Right. Right. So less risky that way. It's easier to manage, uh, you know, a property manager than it is to manage, you know, tenants. Yeah. I can't think. And, and I, 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 Definitely appreciate people like a lot of people that I know, you know, oh, I've got this, you know, duplex here. I've got this four family is what we might call it here. I don't know what it's called where you fourplex, are, but, but fourplex. And, um, you know, they talk about it like it's just the greatest thing. And I, 
I'm on the receiving end of, the, of of listening, and I just think to myself, I love what you're doing. I think it's great for you, but for me, at the stage where I am, that's the last thing that I want to be doing. Like taking a call from somebody that you know that something's not working, or yeah, no, that's just not not for me. I would much rather go, and I'm fortunate to be able to do this, of course, but I would much rather go go in with somebody who's doing something on a, on a larger scale and not have to worry at all about anything except, you know, a, a return at some point. Hopefully. Exactly. And that's right. exactly. And that's what I, why I like the joint ventures. Yeah. So, but anyways, it is what it is. I mean, there's different opportunities and we got to work, work with the ones that we, you know, work for us. Sure. 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 So going back to your, uh, your adventure, yeah. What would be like throughout your whole career of entrepreneurship? What was your biggest struggle? Oh man, I had so many struggles. You you can read a lot of <clears throat> about a lot of them in the grind section of the book. But um, the biggest, I mean, by far, hands down, the biggest struggle that I had was when my partner uh, Butch, who I started the business with was burned really badly in a fire at one of our plants, John. And um, he, he, you know, well, he was the toughest guy I'd ever met, strongest guy mentally and physically, but and, but not not like a domineering person, just a, he competed hard with himself to be the best that he could possibly be. And I just relied on him so much. We made such a great pair. Um. But one day, you know, this October day in 2003, he was working in a in one of our water treatment plants where we process wastewater, clean it up, and um, yeah, that he was working on a tank and it caught on fire and 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 he was burned very badly. And a couple of days later, he passed away, and I couldn't believe it. I just I I just wow. couldn't I couldn't believe it, John. And that that event. Um, on top of several other things that had happened to me or to us along the way is what really what sent me into the break stage of, of my, you know, career or my journey. And, um, you know, I just, what do you do? Right. I mean, what do you, what do you do? do do? So I'd say, I mean, that's hands down the, the toughest challenge that I, uh, ever faced on a lot of levels. You know, there's the personal level, there's the family level, of course. There's, you know, the reputation level for the business. There's the cost and the penalties and, you know, all the liability that it, it's just, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of course. Now, on the contrary to that question, did you ever have an aha moment where like all the struggles, everything you've been through and then just boom, aha. This is it, like a great yeah. moment. Yeah, I did. So I had to, I had a couple. Um, the 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 subtitle to my book is um, "How Getting Selfish Got Me Unstuck," and that's selfish is like a horrible word. You know, it's kind of like hustle. You know, it's not a word that you typically want, you know, apply to you. You don't want somebody to say, "Oh, that person's selfish," but. Um, I found that I needed to get selfish because I was sort of stuck, John, in this um, desire, uh, had a goal to, to be a selfless person and a servant leader when, the, when that term 
the term was started to be used uh, a lot. And I read, I remember reading Jim Collins's book, Good to Great. And I, he describes a level five leader. And I just was like, man, dude, that's what I want to be. I want to be a level five leader, a servant leader who just puts everybody else first or seemingly does. And, um, you know, and everybody loves, respects, and wants to follow that person. And I, I, I figured out the hard way, like when I was in this valley of uncertainty after when I was breaking, that part of the reason that I was there, John, was because I was, uh, I had no idea where else I should be. You know, I had been, I had been selfless for so long that I always put, you know, I, I'd been selfless for so long that I really wasn't doing my job anymore, which was leading into the future. I was not doing my job because I was letting everything else have more priority than what I was supposed to be doing. So um, it occurred to me through, through uh, over a period of time when I was trying to figure out how to get out of this valley that I need to own my future. It needs to be my property. And in order for me to do that, I have to get selfish about what it is that I want. And if I can get selfish about what it is that I want, then I can explain that to everyone else. And I can actually rally the team around helping me and us get to this future that I want to, that I want us to own, that I want to be our property. And uh, then I can be actually selfless because I've sort of released the team you know, I, I've, 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 you know, created this vision and released the team with, with the um, uh, autonomy and the responsibility to help move us there. It's not all on me to get us from here to there anymore. And that's kind of how that's, I don't, I know I didn't use the selfless thing correctly, but I always thought that I could just drag everybody where I wanted them to go, even though I didn't know where I wanted to go and they didn't know where, they, where I wanted to go. So I got selfish about it. And I think it's helped me uh, a ton to become, you know, to get out of the valley, to become a better entrepreneur and leader than I than I ever was, and to create, you know, build a better team, create a better experience, and and have more success than I ever would have had if I hadn't done that. Does it sound I, horrible? No, I get it. Actually, okay. to be honest, I have a uh, belief that you can't help anybody else if you can't help yourself. Yeah. So the ability to be able to be selfless starts off with being selfish. And I don't mean selfish as in I, 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 me, 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 me. I mean, selfish is in, in the terms that you just described where you have to know where you want to get to. Right. So you can figure out how you can get everybody else there with you. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that because that's how that's how I believe it. It, it were at least how it worked for me. And I think it could work for a lot of other folks, too, when they're stuck. For sure. Absolutely. Right. So again, if you don't know where you're going, how do you know you got there? Yeah, perfect. Right. So with that being said, what would you, uh, what piece of advice would you give to someone who pretty much pretend, you know, the scenario is the person got out of school, they're graduated, but like most people, they took courses just to get a degree. They don't know what they're getting a degree for, or they don't know what they want to do, but now that they got this piece of paper, that becomes somewhat worthless because they don't really want a job. 
they just want to get into some form of entrepreneurship, some form of business. Yeah. Where, what would you recommend they do? Like, where would you recommend they start? Well, um, first of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount the piece of paper that you have. So no matter what it says, like for example, my, my degree is in English and everybody assumes, well, English, you know, what are you going to be a teacher or a writer or, and no, I never wanted to be a teacher or a writer. Um, but what, but what having that, that education did for me, it didn't. So I guess I'm going to answer the question this way. Don't, don't think that because your paper, your degree or whatever says a certain thing that that's what you have to be. That's not true. Second, don't discount what you've learned when you, when you, no matter what degree, no matter what you study, you are learning, you are learning lessons that you can apply to, um, life in any business. Right? You're learning how to think, you're learning how to write, you're learning how to communicate, you're learning how to persuade, you're doing, you're learning all of these things, even if it's not obvious to you, that's in your brain now. And that's going to be very, very uh, useful to you as you go along. And if you, if, if starting a business is what you want to do, get around people who have started businesses or help people start businesses, because an idea to start a business is worthless. Um, unless you take that idea and you actually get around people who can help you vet it or help you make it into something uh, more real than you're able to do on your own. So don't try to do it. I don't think you should try to do it on your own. And I don't think you should fall in love with your idea. Let other people fall in love with your idea. And then you have something, but get around people who uh, speak the language, who, who've seen it, you know, I mean, your family and friends are great, but if they haven't done it themselves, it's just, you know, one, one man, one woman's opinion. And it's probably not, um, that, uh, great of an opinion because it's hard to have a great opinion about something you haven't experienced yourself. Absolutely. That, that's really well said. I agree with everything you said and how you said it. Now it also brings up the point. You are the sum of the people you hang around. Mm, Jim Rohn. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's so true. And uh, it's like, again, even if you want to build, like you said, if you want to build something, if you ask somebody who's never earned more than just say 50 grand in their life, in their life a year, like how can they tell you how to make a million? Right. Cause if they knew how to do it, don't you think they would do it themselves? I always think, I always wonder about economists when it comes to that, John, how come they're not the richest people in the world? Because <laughs> um, predictions like the weather, they're gonna say it's gonna rain and it doesn't, you know, like yeah, but it is what it is. Like again, it's just they're analyzing theory, and I believe practice brings out better than results in theory. But my yeah, point no. is that like it's like I believe in coaches and mentors. Now, I believe it's like you said, you surround yourself with the people who are either where you want to go or almost there, right? Right, because then they can teach you the ropes that they took how they got there. I believe every business, nobody does it alone. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need a business partner, but if you're around the group that's done it, they can teach you, they can mentor you, they can put you in con contact with people that can help you with your product. Right. Maybe, you know, like if I'm selling a product, you might not be interested in it because you may have not, not have a need, but your friend or your cousin or your uncle or your brother or your sister or whoever, you know, may be looking for that product at that moment. And because of our conversation, you're going to put me in touch with that person. So you're actually helping them find somebody that you know, like, and trust 
Yeah. And then you're also helping that other person that you know, like, and trust get together so they can help each other. Yeah. But that, again, it goes back to your surroundings, right? Yeah, it's total, totally. And don't, so don't let, yeah, good point. So don't let someone who's never made a crazy idea real tell you your idea is crazy. Only listen to people who have made idea, crazy ideas real. And if they tell you your idea is no good, then maybe it's no good. But if they tell you it's good, maybe it's good. That's surrounding yourself with people who, who, um, like you said, who, uh, who know what they're talking about. Yeah. So I want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to go through a little lightning round. Yeah, sure. So we're going to start off with what's your favorite book? Hmm. I'd say my favorite book is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I have that in my car. I was reading it. I've read it before when I was younger. I wanted to read it a second time. Yeah, there's so, so many great books, but that one I, I always go back to. Absolutely. Um, favorite uh, movie? Favorite movie. I like Shawshank Redemption. It's just something uh, about that movie that just always grabs me. Awesome. Favorite uh, song or artist? Hmm. Boy, I would say my favorite all-time artist is probably Guns N' Roses. I'm a, I'm sort Great of choice. a heavy metal or hard rock guy. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. Their early stuff especially. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, like it, like most bands. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite vacation spot? Mm. Well, I'll tell you what. I I love. I live in Wisconsin. We have a lot of cold weather here, so I'm not that particular when it comes to places that are warm. When it's cold here, I like I like those. But I'd say, um, uh, you know, uh, Caribbean islands is probably you know, for me, a great place where I can, it's close and, you know, you can still feel like you're in some other world. Uh, makes sense. And do you have any hobbies? Uh, I, I read, I like to read, John. I work out of course. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not a woodworker. I don't have a shop. I don't, you know, I like to write too. That can kind of be a hobby. Even, Absolutely. You know? So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Now, where would everyone listening or watching go to find you? Well, uh, the best place to go is to my website, which is my name, Mike Malatesta, M-A-L-A-T-E-S-T-A.com. You can get uh, a free chapter of my book there uh, on the book link. Um, and you can interact with me, sign up for my my newsletter, um, you know, check me out. There's a lot of stuff about me there. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm fairly active uh, on LinkedIn. That's kind of my my primary social media site. So those are two great places to connect with me. I'm assuming your book's going to be on Amazon? Yeah, uh, it'll be on Amazon. It launches on um, November 30th. I think I said that at the beginning. So ownership, uh, how getting selfish got me unstuck um, that'll be available on amazon and all the platforms um november 30th or before awesome any final words it's been a pleasure being on your show john i've really enjoyed uh kind of going all over the place and exploring a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey as well thank you for that opportunity oh it's been a slice um i enjoyed it and i like the uh, conversation good yeah my pleasure thanks for having me